Welcome to this episode of the Positive Change Podcast, a podcast that's focused on inspiring unconventional and different thinking and encouraging you to make positive change for yourself and for the world around you. I'm your host, Dr. Richard Harmer, and in this podcast, we continue on a thread and a theme of answering some of my clients' questions they're asking me about who am I and what do I stand for and how do I work? And in this episode, it's all about creativity. So listen in. Hi, I'm Dr. Richard Harmer, and you're about to discover new ways to go from overwhelm to thriving in your business and in your life by following your passions, pursuing your unique life purpose, and stepping fully into your infinite potential. You deserve to live your best life, a life filled with all of the clarity, courage, and commitment you need to be happy and to make a positive impact on the world. So get ready because this podcast challenges society's expectations for what it means to be successful in life and in business and invites you to grow beyond outdated assumptions for defining who you are. Welcome to the Positive Change Podcast. Yes, welcome back to another episode of the Positive Change Podcast. I'm Dr. Richard Harmer and in this episode of the podcast, I continue this theme of answering some questions from my clients. I asked some of my clients to to give me what they most want to know about me. And one of my clients said to me pretty promptly, he goes, look, uh, Rich, you are one of the most creative people that I know. It seems that you have this boundless ability, this to generate new and novel ideas about how to solve intractable or difficult challenges, those things that help us to notice opportunities that we've never thought of before. How do you do it? So I'm going to spend a little bit of time in this podcast trying to unpack how I do creativity and how I think about solving problems. So my first thoughts are, if I, if I just think about my personality or... You know, some of the things that I know come, I don't think I can not do it, I think, is curiosity, for one. I have always been fascinated by the world around me, particularly how people tick, actually, which I know I'll come back to probably later in this podcast, but human beings are incredibly fascinating to me. It's I find myself often really having to lean into life and lean into people and going, what is really going on here? You know, what, why is it that this and these people or this person does what they do and the way they do it? I find that both um, curious and like inspiring it as well at times. So I'm really fascinated by how life works and the curiosity of, well, you know, what is that thing and how does that work? And one of the things I, I learned about myself probably a decade ago that I hadn't realized, think about learning styles and the four dominant learning styles that we have being um, the, you know, the why learner, like why, why, why does this happen and uh, what is this thing and how does this work? And the learning style, the learning question of what else, you know, the, 
I'm going to call it the entrepreneur, experimenter, mad scientist type. What else? What else could this be? So not not necessarily fascinated about what something is and what its intended purpose is, but more about what else could something's intended purpose also be. I guess that's me. Like I kind of go, well, what else could this thing do? You know, I understand it's supposed to do A, but could it also do Z? And if it was to do Z, how would it do that? And really asking what else something could also be, or what else might be going on. And I am, I think that leads to not accepting the status quo or um, inherently challenging assumptions. And that's something that I notice myself doing often is really asking, what's really going on here? Is this true? How does it really work? What else could it be? Why would it happen this way? If it happened a different way, what would have occurred? Those types of things are just, I notice I do all the time. Curiosity and a what else orientation probably holds me in good stead around how I think about creativity. But there's more to it than this. One of the things I most enjoy, this I'm going back nearly nearly a decade now, maybe, no, maybe six or seven years. I created a board game with a friend of mine, Adam Jorlin, um, called Creativity Prism. And I, wow, wow, I probably should come back to that at some point in time. That was really cool. Uh, anyway, so Adam Jorlin did his master's degree at the School of Foresight at Swinburne University, but his master's degree looked at creativity and creative thinking as a foresight and futures thinking practice. But within his master's degree looking at creative thinking about the future, he defined what creative thinking involves and i think this is a very useful heuristic for understanding our strengths and areas for growth around how we think creatively now he identified five fundamental types of creative thinking that make up this you know this bucket called creative thinking or thinking creatively and the first one which I would say is probably not my strength, but one that I consider often is what's called inspirational creative thinking. That is, it's, it's emergent. It's, there's a book um, I read several years ago called um, One From Zero. That is, it's coming from nothing into something, the emergence of radical insight, of novelty, of spontaneity in this dis- discovery of that which has never been thought before or discovered or created before. This is one form of creativity that personally, I'm sure I do, but it's not necessarily my forte. So how I help myself to do that is I created, and maybe this is, <laughs> maybe this is inspirational thinking to come to think of it, but one of the things I created many years ago is these things called imaginal cards. Now, imaginal cards, which you can't see because you're listening to this, but I'm handing them out. I'm, I'm showing them now um, in my hand. I've got them in my hand. And they're cards that are on one side is a selection of random photographs. And what I do, I you know bring to mind a problem or a question or a curiosity and for example, what else? I'm just randomly looking at my uh, office right now. I'm looking at a pair of scissors. And I go, what else 
could scissors also do? And I pick a card at random. Um, I picked out a card and that card has a path, uh, a random path. You know, the, uh, those who, who might be watching this on YouTube, here you go, this is the card. And I look at, oh, how? How might this random consideration around a path and scissors? I really think about a metaphor then of a path not yet trodden and cutting that path into segments that allows us to see meaningful milestones. So scissors, in this sense, I'm taking as a metaphor rather than in a literal sense. I'm using how do we cut up the endless journey in ways that allow us to recognize meaningful progress, a way of understanding that we've arrived somewhere so we can stay passionate and motivated around our destination. So from that point, I'm thinking a lot about, well, um, training programs around milestones. And that's how I use a random stimulus, a thought provoker as a way of working with inspirational thinking, this emergent and radical insight. That's the first of the five types of creative thinking that um, my friend Adam identified. The second is lateral thinking. And it gets me recognizing Edward de Bono, um, uh, was it the six thinking hats? But a whole range of things. Edward de Bono, when I was early in my career thinking about lateral thinking and and i remember a visual where he spoke about out of the box those things that um, how do we interrupt our thought process that has us think in a certain linear way and you know break that trajectory of the linear thinking into an alternative pathway that we can also explore it's really about unhooking ourselves from the habitual logic that we use now uh, again i use um, some supports to help me do this and again i'm looking at my imaginal cards and i share that one side is a set of random images but on the other side are some prompts and i'm you and i took a stimulus here from i think it's brian eno that that had some cards that I remember reading an article by Coldplay about how they write music and whenever they get stuck in music they drag out one of these Eno Ryan Eno's cards and use it as a way of getting unstuck. And I thought that is the coolest idea. I wonder if I can create my own based on how I think about things. So when I think about lateral thinking, how do I break the the mind or the thoughts habitual pathway and get it to think laterally? Well I have a bunch of thought starters. So for example, if I think about you know, a, a common logic around how organizations think about employee in, uh, attraction and engagement, you know, so what's our employee value proposition and how do I have that attractive to the type of employees that we ultimately want to have work in an organization and then how do we engage them in that way? Well. That's the common logic for how we do it. Now, I wonder if I just randomly choose a card, what are the alternatives that we could also think about? So I'm shuffling my card deck right now and I'm going to explore this idea of lateral thinking out of the box. And I've just, I've just picked a card out and the card says, change one of the following, context, content, form, intention. 
Hmm. Okay. So if I was to change the context that we're not in, we're not thinking about recruiting, attracting and recruiting employees to work within an organization, but we're attracting and inverted commas recruiting employees to be freelancers to many organizations, of which one of them might be the one that you're working within or one I'm working within, but we don't, in inverted commas, own the employee. We're in essence enabling them to live their life fully and support us at the same time, then I've changed the context. Now, how would I do employee engagement when I'm actually not recruiting at all? I'm in essence enabling some really talented freelancers to create careers that they love and also support us to deliver customer value. Well, that's a quite a different value proposition than what might be considered normal or traditional for many organizations. Now, that's just one example, one card using the, the prompt of context. I could use intention or content or form or something also in that, but I just chose the first one. That's an example of lateral thinking. Now, the third thinking type, I'm sharing these five knowing that the first two are not necessarily my strength, I would say. The third type is divergent thinking. Now, um, Adam talks about this as, in essence, exaggeration. How do we take the critical element of something and exaggerate one element of it so make it bigger or make it smaller make it wider fatter thinner um, louder softer uh, faster slower and you take an element of this thing we're looking at it's a central element it's essential nature and exaggerate it in some way to see what else it could become or how else it could be greater or more than it is so it's a pretty simple element. You just take something and you think about exaggerating a part of it, you know, amplifying it, minimizing something and seeing what happens as a result. The fourth thinking type that uh, Adam speaks about is the aesthetic. Really looking at beauty or composition and utilizing this as a way of being creative. Now, one of my passions, one of the things I love doing or love exploring is photography. I've been fascinated by photography since my first ever, now my first ever business I created in my early to mid-20s was a business called Image Box Australia. Something I'm really proud of, like a novelty. Um, but it was a business that was really about... Um, it was a brokerage for graphic design and photography. And it came out of an idea from, a f uh, from another friend of mine um, who I met when I was working early in my career at Officeworks who was a photographer. And he ultimately ended up in the US with a company called Imagebox and we had a partnership where I worked with him. Well, I didn't work with him. I, I took his idea and established a variation of it in Australia but the fundamental of that was about photography and the thing about photography is it's actually all about the well for me anyway it's about the creation of the perfect composition as um, Henri Cartier-Bresson a French photojournalist once said he talked about the decisive moment this decisive moment where 
the perfect composition of the ordinary becomes extraordinary. Now, I'm um, paraphrasing here what he meant by decisive moment, but the point being that it's about the creation of something that is aesthetically beautiful as a way of, uh, as a creative act. Now, when I think about this, sure, I'm thinking about how do I find the perfect composition of a strategy where all of the elements are in harmony with each other, where nothing's missing but nothing extra is included, and things like that, you know, um, compositions of the future, scenarios of the future, and how do we aesthetically think about what is a beautiful representation of the possible where nothing is out of place and the viewer is guided towards their destination, for want of a better phrase, with effortless ease. So, and I think about think about combining, often combine aesthetic with inspirational, where I invite people to draw something that's inspirational to them. You know, it doesn't matter if it's stick figures or whatever it might be, and then use that as a way of uh, thinking laterally or inspirational radical insight. The fifth and final type of creative thinking that Adam speaks about is systems thinking, the ability to synthesis or synthesize elements towards a whole. Now, this is my type of creativity. This is where I think my sweet spot is. I think about myself when it comes to creativity as a synthesizer of ideas, of bringing together things that just don't fit together in ways that make them fit as if they should always be together. And that that's kind of my way so i want to think about this what am i actually doing then i look at elements um in you know from the big picture i try and get on the balcony i zoom out on a situation or uh, a problem or life itself really and try to get on the balcony and i go what's what's the biggest maybe the biggest picture here and i then look for the in-between what's not present here that creates uh, an opportunity or or solves a problem what have we not thought about before what looking for the in-between i then look at how are things connected and is that the best way for them to connect you know these random objects you know joining the dots of disparate elements and how are they joined and is that the best way for them to be joined up i look at composition how how does the whole look you know, not only what's missing that needs to be there or what's present that doesn't need to be there on how are things joined. You know, what is redundant here that might need to be removed? And in removing something, you're creating potential that's never been thought of before. Um, looking for alternative contexts for the now is something I also do. And I, and I think I just, I demonstrated that in a way with that example of, um, alternative ways of thinking about recruitment what happens if the context for which we are looking at something is not the context it's not it's not actually the reality we should be looking through what's another way and then finally i I do this often i look for the boundary what is the boundary of what i'm looking at how is you know this composition held together and What's on the other side of that boundary? If I was to look at that boundary, not from the inside looking out, so to speak, but from the outside looking in, what would I notice? And what's possible from that place? So 
I think this is probably a metaphor for my actual life, to be honest. Looking at a boundary from its other side and considering what is possible from that place. So my approach to creativity is a combination of all five of those, but with a dominant preference for, towards systems thinking oriented creativity, synthesizing parts into holes and looking at how holes relate to holes and looking beyond the hole to what else is also possible. My question for you in listening to this podcast is what's your preferred or dominant approach to creative thinking? All human beings are creative, it is creative in different ways. What's your personality and how does that help you with your creativity? As I shared earlier in this podcast, I'm relentlessly curious with a what else lens. And then I think through these five types of creativity, you know, from inspirational, lateral, divergent, aesthetic and systems thinking what's your dominant preference and how do you amplify that and what might be something that you're not dominant or preferencing and and what tools can you use to support you to to amplify in those spaces perhaps ask others what they think as well and observe yourself on that note uh, let's be creative together so happy creativity i look forward to seeing in the comments in this podcast what comes naturally to you around being creative let me know what you think see you in the next episode of the positive change podcast hi and thank you so much for checking out another episode of the positive change podcast if you enjoyed this episode please hit subscribe using the button below and make sure you also click the bell icon to get notified every time we release a new episode if you're looking for the show notes for this episode we have them in the link underneath as well as our social media handles and some links to free training and other offers that we drop from time to time to help you go from overwhelmed to thriving in pursuing your best life. So go ahead and check out this episode's show notes if you're interested. And thank you so much for tuning into the Positive Change Podcast.